All right. So, Lord, we are thankful for your living water. We're thankful for your joy. We're thankful for that your living water flows to the low places. God, we, we come with our low places. And thank you that you don't require us to be happy. That you're glad to see us in whatever state we're in. And Lord, we bring who we are at this moment, where we've been. We thank you for welcoming us into your presence. We thank you for each one who is here. We pray that you'd bind us together and bind us to you in this time, Jesus. Speak to us. Speak to us here and in the preschool and in the book club. And Lord, do your work that only you can do among us now. Thank you for the chance to worship you and glorify you. Help us to receive from your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's good to be together. And I just want to ask you, this is a part two of what we did last time. It felt like uh, we had a little bit, so I'm going to review a little bit of what we did last time. A lot of you are gone for Labor Day anyway. And, uh, but I, so here's some questions I want to ask. Do you ever feel weak or unimportant? Like you don't belong or like you're too different? You ever feel like the church isn't running as well as it could? Well, as it should, well, as it needs to for our community. Those are questions we asked last time. Then I want to ask another couple questions. You ever feel like you carry too much stress? Like there's too much on you, too much relying on you. Um, and do you ever even wonder why? What is the point? What is my purpose? So we're going to look at this a little more. Great to see each of you here. And uh, last time we, I just talked about my answered car for car repair because my 288,000 uh, Toyota Sienna was not running quite right, hesitating, I, and, and couldn't figure out if it was a transmission or something bad enough I just had to throw out. But I have a great mechanic. Yvonne was here last week. And uh, he figured out what it was. And it was this. So there's 33,000 parts in the car. He found the part that was causing... Now, it was there, just a little worn. And that goes right here in this sprocket connected to the crankshaft, and that keeps the timing all on. And so the timing was off because there was a little wiggle. The connection wasn't tight because this was worn. And what it reminded me of was that in some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. This part was so necessary and I didn't even know it existed. I never knew what it's called a key. So you are key to the body of Christ running well. You are key. If this part isn't connected well, is worn out, is, not, is missing, if it's missing, it won't run at all. But if it, it'll, it's, it's off because this is worn. So you are key. You are necessary to the function of the body of Christ. And that other person you think is not necessary, they are also key and necessary to the body of Christ. You might not even know what they do. 
but they are necessary too. And we talked about how sometimes when we're driving down the freeway, what are we thinking about? I'm not usually thinking about what's under me, but that is under me. There are 20,000 bridges in Minnesota. That's more than churches in Minnesota, I think. Um, and it matters when there's a bridge. And uh, this bridge for 50 years held things together very well, except one gusset plate, which I never knew what a gusset plate was before, started to have too much stress, started to bend a little bit. It really wasn't designed well. Then they put extra load on it, too much stress, and it cracked, cut along the line of the rivets, and that happened. And that happened. And 35W bridge over the Mississippi fell apart. And we said that, you know, sometimes it feels like people don't realize that the church is holding up a lot of things in our society and that each gusset plate, each one of us, each rivet is necessary and that there can be a lot of collapse if the church doesn't do its job and if each of you, so you are key to the function of the body of Christ, to the function of society. Now, is making society function well the purpose of the church? Well, we're going to talk about that in a little bit too, but your responsibility is to do your responsibility. Whether you're a key or a gusset plate or a sprocket, do what you need to so that the church can function well, so it can minister to the, our society. You have a responsibility, and it's so important that you do your responsibility. Now, I have another question. Do you ever feel too much stress? Like there's too much being put on you. The good news is you're only one part of the body of Christ. This is only one of the 30,000 parts in a car. That guy's plate was only one of the places. 1 Corinthians 12 goes on to say, This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you, each of you, each of you online, each of you is part of it. One part of it. You are one part of the body of Christ. So the good news is you can rest, because you don't have to do the whole thing. This is not an umbrella where you are the stick that holds the whole thing up. You're one part. Just do your part, you can rest in that. You are one brick. So you can rest. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But one part of this bridge, look at all the parts in that bridge. Count the rivets, count the pieces, count the... Ah, there's a lot of pieces, right? Now, if you try to span the Mississippi as a piece of steel... How thick a piece of steel do you have to be? Pretty thick. Probably as thick as that bridge. You'd have to be that big a plank of steel. And then, that's not possible, right? That's why we need to be connected and tied together so that our little piece, our little gusset plate, our little, can take the stress that's going to be put on you. But you have to stay connected. If you're out there and the stress comes on you and you're not connected to the other ones, then 
you don't get to rest. <laughs> you got to carry the whole thing. Right? Are you following me? Now, what's the most important part of this bridge? The place that's absolutely necessary. Now, every place is necessary. I just said that. So I guess maybe I'm asking the wrong question. But every part is necessary. But there's one part that's more key than any. The foundation. Exactly. If those pillars don't stay solid, that whole bridge comes down. Right? Those pillars are actually connected. You can see back here to a, to a foundation. So that foundation of the bridge is what we're all resting on. We'll talk about scripture later. It talks about Jesus is the foundation that we're resting on. And so I can rest because I'm held up by a strong, unshakable, bedrock foundation. You can rest because you don't have to do it all. You just have to stay connected. Stay on top of that foundation. Stay connected to that foundation. So Ephesians 4 says something about our responsibility. Therefore, as a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, of course, in church, we don't have any faults. <laughs> he says, make allowance for each other's faults. That means you have. Well, I have faults. We need to make and Can you make allowance for my faults? Can I make allowance for yours? We have faults. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united, connected in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and through all. We are connected by those ones, especially that one God, that one foundation. We are one. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. God is so generous that he's given each one of us a special gift. And then later in this text, it talks about some of the rest. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ responsibility to grow like Christ, but we grow more who is the head of his body, the church. So the head has the hard work in the body, right? It has to decide what's going to happen, where do we go, and keep it all coordinated. Jesus does that. We don't have a head pastor here. He is the head pastor. He is, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He designed it. He built it. He connected it. He birthed it. He fits the whole body together perfectly. We don't have to do that. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. He gives the energy to make that car go, to keep it connected, and to keep the body moving. You with me? Responsibility and rest together. So do you ever feel too much stress? You are only one part of the body of Christ. 
So stay connected. If you're not connected, and here's what I see often, folks. People are part of us, and then they fall out of the habit of being part of us, and then something heavy comes, some stress comes, and they bend or they collapse or they, because they're not connected anymore. When they were connected, they had people to, to help them bear that weight. And they were able to help bear somebody else's weight. But then when they're not connected, they got to carry it all themselves. Stay connected to the rest of the body. Stay connected to the rest of the bridge. Stay connected to the head and the foundation. If you're connected, he can hold you up. We, founded on him, can hold each other up. Ephesians 2, a bridge. Don't forget that you Gentiles, like most of us, used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. I'm going to skip down here. But now you were nothing. You were not part of the citizenship of the people of God. But now you've been united with Jesus Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near. There was a bridge that kept you from them us from them, but you've been brought near into the people of God. Brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. You were far away from God. So this bridge, the primary purpose of this bridge is to help us cross over and connect with God. I mean, we often talk about Jesus being the bridge who not only understands what it's like to be human, but he's also sinless and, and, and is God and he can connect across it. But, but the church is his body built on that foundation that we can be united with Christ. We've been brought near to God through him. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. So in the process of reconciling us to God, he made us one people, one citizenship. Not all American citizenship. Kingdom of God citizenship. One people went in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separates us. There were walls between us. He built a bridge. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles substitute whatever you want to put in Jews and Gentiles. That was the big division in their day. What's the big division you see today? What groups of people don't get along, have divisions between them? He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God. By means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other was also put to death. So there was a bridge built from us to God that we could not do. There was a bridge built between us, not only as individuals, but as peoples that we could never do. The church is that bridge that Jesus has built to help us get to God, to help us see God and re reveal God and Jesus' body reconciles people 
and reconciles people to God. You following me? Is that amazing? Do we need a little reconciliation? We need some bridges? He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. So the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all part of this bridge, pulling us together, bringing us together, and making us into a temple. Here's another image. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. Have you ever felt like a stranger and a foreigner? Some of you have been strangers and foreigners. I've been a stranger and a foreigner in Tanzania and Kenya and some other places. And it's uncomfortable. Always having to renew your visa, always having to try to figure out how to, and just always being obviously a foreigner. I was always obviously a foreigner. But we're no longer strangers and foreigners. We are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You're members of God's family. You know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, the beauty of citizenship and family is that basically you don't choose it. Usually, you are born into a family. And usually when you give birth, you get whatever you get when you give birth, right? It isn't like, I want the, I want the blonde hair, and the, could, could I have a father who's... No, 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 you... And I think we as a... I think we are drowning in freedom. Drowning in choice. And I, actually, I think churches, as Christians, we're drowning in choice. Say more. <laughs> okay. I think we want a family, but we treat church like a club or a, as a customer. Like, you know, I'd kind of like the one that has the, you know, and could you add that little feature? And this one doesn't quite have, so I think I'll go. And then well, how come I don't feel like this is family? It's because I'm choosing. And Scripture says where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So you know why you treasure that baby? Because it was a lot of work to get that baby. By the time you even meet that baby, you put out a lot of work. And that's only the beginning. Right? You put a lot of effort into that baby and you don't choose whether you're going to get up or not, whether you're going to change diapers or not, whether you're going to breastfeed or not. You've got to feed the baby. You've got to change the baby. And somehow... You fall in love with the baby. And the baby falls in love with you. And you get what I'm saying? But we have a mismatch of things where we're like, I want to choose a family. And then it doesn't feel like family because you know, I'm not really sure. Because you didn't go through labor yet. You didn't really invest yet. Give it nine months of agony, give it 20 years of investment, and you'll probably feel like you belong. And you'll probably feel rejected, which is what happens when they turn 20. So, I mean, that, that's all par for the course, too, right? But still, we're together. I mean, our, we just had two family reunions. 40 of the 41 Rasmussens who are in uh, the, US, the U.S. came. Two of the ones from Tanzania and Kenya came. Nine stayed there. But we got together, and you know what? We actually didn't talk hardly at all 
about uh, the pandemic and vaccines and politics and a bunch of stuff, we actually sang hymns together and we played uh, games together. And, you know, but we had been exchanging a lot of texts between um, the one who's sure that the FBI dropped off people to do the January 6th thing and the one who's a medical director at a nursing home who, you know, totally different opinions about some things. And it wasn't so easy when we were just texting each other or watching each other's Facebook posts. But when we were together, we're still family. If we were to choose family, I'm not sure we would. I think there's some that we'd probably not choose. But we all got together, believe it or not, and we had a great time together, believe it or not. Not because we're alike, but because we had one father and mother and we still put up with each other. We bear with one another in our uh, <laughs> faults. And there were sins that happened between us that we still got together and forgave each other. And so citizens and members of God's holy family, together we are his house. We are his house of prayer for all nations, a place where he dwells, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So you don't have to hold up this brick. You just set your brick on the foundation. Now, we can't see the blocks in this wall anymore, but we used to, we used to be able to see the blocks. And they, just one block on top of another. All you have to do is rest on the foundations that's there. Be connected to the next one. And let somebody be built on you. And you just have to be joined to the wall. Right? And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. Now, what does that mean? Um, so, I, I have built a couple things. Really, only one brick wall. But really, you've got to start out. You have to make sure that first brick is lined up right. Because the rest of the wall is going to go from this right here all the way out there. It's going to go from this right here. And if this isn't straight, if it's like this, then that's how the building's going to be. Even more importantly, if this is like this, it's not going to stay up. You have to align. You have to get the plumb line and the level and the string, and you have to make sure that every brick is aligned with the chief cornerstone. That the, the Bible is that plumb line that helps us align with Jesus so that we're on top of him and we're not getting a little off and ready to collapse, right? We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Our purpose is actually not just to bless society. Our purpose is to be a dwelling place for God, to glorify God, to be a place where people can come to connect with God, to be, through him, you Gentiles also are being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. God lives not in this Bethel temple it used to be called, not in this house, but in this temple. This, you living stones, is where he lives. When we're joined together, Jesus is the chief cornerstone where everything has to be aligned and founded on. And we have 
prophets and apostles and others who've gone before us. We just have to put the next stone on top of this holy dwelling place. Somebody else drew it this way. A bunch of living stones on top of Jesus. So just upstream from the collapsed 35W bridge, the next bridge is this 140-year-old bridge. Somehow for 140 years, this bridge has stood. It doesn't even have any steel in it. It's just one stone shaped to fit next to another stone. And they've had to replace the stones, and they've widened it for bigger railway things. And, but it's been there for 140 years. And this other people of God has been for thousands of years. Jews and Gentiles joined for a couple thousand years. All over the world, there is a temple glorifying God, bridging to Jesus, bridging with Jesus to God. We need to be here so that others around us can actually connect with God. And so that people can connect together who are totally different because of God. But why? It's not so that society can have a good, stable foundation. and we can, that's, that's good. That's an extra benefit that we bless society. But society sometimes judges us and finds us wanting. Because they have a criteria of things that we're supposed to do. But they are not their designer. <laughs> we do bless society in amazing ways, but we do it when we are, fulfill our real purpose. We are for God's glory. When we bridge and reconcile to God, and we receive God's blessing on us, that's our purpose. Ephesians 3 says this, Now all glory to God. All glory to God. All glory to God, not to us, but to God, who is able. He is also the resource. He is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, anybody can form a club of people who think alike, people who have some mutual benefits, pay some dues. If the church is just a club, it doesn't bring that much glory to God. I actually think it really brings glory to God when people who speak different languages have different opinions about lots of things who are very different. When Jews and Gentiles can be part of one body. When churches that are different still love each other, when churches around the world are worshiping the same Jesus Christ, that glorifies God in a way that nothing else can. And I'll admit, sometimes I despair. I say, I don't know if it'll work for a church like this to exist. Because every place people are saying, well, you know, uh, you know, homogeneous units, people like to be like people like themselves, birds of a feather flock together. Let's see how secret sensitive where it, does, it doesn't feel uncomfortable when people come in. Let's do, you know, whatever. That's okay, but I want to see a miracle. I want to see this church bless the churches around us. 
I want to see us going out beyond us. And I want to see people who are so totally different not be like, well, I don't know what's in it for me. But be reconciled to Jesus and to each other in a way that people are like, I don't know how they do that. What's their plan? What's the system? What's the key? Well, the key is here someplace. <laughs> it's each of us connected to Jesus, connected to God, doing our responsibility, resting on the bricks around us, connected for one reason, to glorify God. To glorify God, because he's the only one who can make it work. He's the only one who could design something like this and make it move. And I can't. I really don't know how it would work. Because, yeah, all that stuff is true. Birds of a feather do flock together. And people are sinners, including everyone in here. That's why we need Jesus to deal with our sins, not only individually, but as groups. But he can do it. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's have the worship team come up so we can praise God. Thanks to Andy for our new overflow artwork. We want to go deep. Yeah. We want to go deeper into that flourishing that only God can do. So, Lord, we ask you to do what we can't do. And we admit that we can't do it. We don't know how to do it. But this is your idea, your design. You're the engineer, the master builder. You are shaping each of these bricks, each of these stones, fitting us together so that we can carry the weight, that we can reconcile with one another. We can especially be reconciled to you and other people can Walk over that bridge. And yeah, bridges get walked on. But we want to be able to handle it so that we can see people reconciled to you. And above all, that you can be glorified. Lord, we, we can't do it, but we trust that through your mighty power at work within us, you can accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. So I ask, that this church would be united in you and matured and we equipped to bless each other, to stay together, that we would be connected. I pray that we'd be connected to the other Christians around us in this city and around the world. And that we would not only be a blessing to our societies, but we would be a blessing to you. And that we would glorify you just by who we are and how we love one another. We pray that people would say, look at how they love one another. 
and you would be glorified. Lord, we don't want to be glorified. We don't want to be like, well, that's a cool church. We want you to be glorified. So let's, let us praise you now as we enter in. Jesus, amen. <clears throat> I look forward to seeing you coming and, and uh, clearing away all of the, yes, Jesus. everything <laughs> that is between us. All the injustice, all the sin between us, between us and you. Lord, we look forward to completing your resurrection. We look forward to being your spotless bride. We look forward to a new heaven and a new earth where you reign as king. And Lord, we want to glimpse that this week. We want to see you this week. God, I pray that you would help us to get a glimpse of you. Of where you're taking us. We want to be so heavenly minded that we're some earthly good. Amen. That we have our, set, our eyes set on things above. Amen. Our eyes set on the new city. Yes, Lord. The new Jerusalem that is coming down out of heaven to be here. Amen. It's going to be different from this city. Yes. The new creation here. Jesus, we are grateful that we are already glimpsing, yes. even now, yes. in this church, in your church, yes. we're getting glimpses of what you are up to, your purpose. said in Ephesians that your purpose is to show to all the principalities and powers your amazing grace by bringing people together. Jesus, we, we are so grateful to you, and we... We want to see you do your work this week in our regular mundane lives. Yes. We, want, we want eternity to break in. We want the king. We want to be serving the king this week, Jesus, together. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.